The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how nurturing your email list is a big old waste of time. That sounds like the end of the podcast. Let's just wrap it all up. That's been lovely. It's been a lovely couple of years hosting the Email Marketing <laughs> Show. Uh, Listen, before we get into this bizarre and controversial conversation about nurturing, we've got something that we'd really love to give you completely for free. It's going to help you with everything you do with email, and that's by increasing the number of people who uh, click on the links in your emails. So we've put together 12 really creative ways to get more clicks on every email that you ever send in this new download we're calling Click Tricks. It's yours totally free as a listener to this podcast today, here, right now, when you go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks. He's 50% hoarder and 50% throwing things away ruthlessly. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he is responsible for naming things. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy. Okay, what's happening with your hoarding and throwing things away? So I go through big phases of each. You know, like when you go through phases of what cereal you want for breakfast. I no, do the I same think that thing. That just means you're dirty, and every now and again you tidy up. <laughs> no, so for example, I was looking on uh, the other day. I noticed on top of the wardrobe there's these two things. I thought, what are they? And I realised there are ruled response suite pop-up banners from the day, like the pursuit of happiness days, where I used to go around with my briefcase and sell response suites for people. Um, I, um, I I thought, why have we still got them? So I threw them away. So I go through big sprints of like not realising I've, I've hoarded stuff by accident. And I don't know why you're responsible for naming things, because you got a puppy once and called it Dante. <laughs> That's a good name, by the way. By the way, you shouldn't be responsible for naming anything. Uh, I mean, I think everybody tends to love the names of our programs and our our, our uh, campaigns. I mean, everyone's like, oh, it's a cool name. Yeah, but nothing important, like dogs and children and that. Oh, no. I mean, obviously, if I had a child, trivial, I would call it like... trivial. Trivial meaningless things like campaigns, that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 just keep it with that, that's fine. Uh, hello, every week on the show, where we show you how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. We'll talk about email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics, and we'll share what's working right now to make more sales online. Making you the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And we would love to have you leave us a little review as well, if you'd be so kind. It really does help a lot, more, more than you'd think. If you've got a podcast, you'll know this. If you haven't got this, you'll have heard it before. And it's not something we say to fill time, dead time on the air on these podcasts. Like, it really does make a difference. So um, pop onto uh, iTunes. What's it called now? Apple thing. Apple Podcasts. Apple, Apple Podcast. Um, or Spotify who haven't changed their name, um, and just uh, leave a little review with a little five-star rating. It does mean the world. It makes us feel good, and it means more people get to see this amazing stuff. They do. They do. They get there. They get to tune in. Rob, we've got a sponsor for the podcast this week. We have. It's Poster My Wall. Poster My Wall? What does Poster My Wall do? Basically, they combine email marketing with graphic and video design and social media scheduling all in one place. Well, a bit like, like if MailChimp and Canva... And later, all got together, got down to it, and had a baby. <laughs> exactly that. 
Lovely. That sounds amazing. And they're sponsoring this episode of the Email Marketing Show. So definitely go and check them out. Go to emailmarketingheroes.com slash postermywall. Emailmarketingheroes.com slash postermywall. Check it out. And remember, by supporting our sponsors, you're also supporting the show. So uh, let's get into, first of all, what we actually mean by uh, nurturing your list. But I want to just make sure we're on the same definition. A lot of people think that one of the things you've got to do is get people into your email list and then spend the next 20 years sort of making them think that maybe one day they might buy from you because you've been such a nice person for ever such a long time. And that's that's a lot of people's entire email marketing strategy. I mean, it's not a strategy, is it? It's not a strategy. No, no, no. It's hoping. Hoping and praying and wishing. So we don't want to do that instead. I think people feel sometimes, one of the things we talk about a lot is, is that people think they're doing email marketing and because they're sending an email However often, even if it's every day, even if it's three times a day or once a week or once a month, they think they're doing email marketing. Just doing the thing doesn't mean you've got a strategy. I think here's the thing, right? Nurturing for us is not turning subscribers into customers, which is what lots of people think it is. Lots of people think their nurture sequence is this long-term you know, sequence of a million emails that's designed to get people to buy, either live or automated. But the way I like to think about it is this, right? Imagine I've been out somewhere for the day. Maybe I've been to Kennedy's and we've been working on the business or something. And... Um, and we always end up having a laugh and taking too long. Anyway, so I, I text Rachel and I say, hey, listen, I'm on my way home. Uh, let's get a Chinese for dinner, order it in, and then we'll, I'll be home at whatever time. And then she orders it in, it arrives. I've, I haven't got back yet. I'm still stuck in traffic. Picture the scene, right? The doorbell rings. Alfie goes mental because there's somebody at the door. Rachel opens the door. She gets the Chinese food in. She brings it in, and I am nowhere to be seen. So she rings me, says, where are you? Yes, I'm still half an hour away. Which is great. I'll take your food. I'll put it in the oven. I'll keep it warm till you get back. Now, listen, that food is probably going to be fine by the time I get home, half an hour later. It's probably going to be fine if I get stuck in traffic and I'm an hour late. But if I get stopped and break down and have to walk home and it takes us five days to get home, it's not <laughs> going to be good by the time I get home, is it? Right. And we see nurturing as a bit like, honestly, taking your subscribers and pop them in the oven, keep them warm until somebody gets back. You're not trying to cook them. You're not trying to blast the shit out of them. You just pop them in the oven just to keep them just to keep them warm. If you've got like a warming you cupboard, want. if you're one of those middle class people with a warming cupboard, that's what it's like. A warming cupboard. Yeah, that's a thing, mate. Is that what they call a I, microwave in Cramlington? No, Auntie Judith had a, had a warming cupboard in uh, up in Northumberland. We used to ah, go for they some, live on a farm. So yeah, that. but they, they, they do a big Sunday dinner, and because it's like a gazillion things on a Sunday lunch, isn't like a roast dinner. She put things in the warming cupboard. Oh well, there you go. Anyway, so you don't want to put them in the oven and just keep them warm, and that's called or not nurture. Is it's this sort of very gentle? Oh, we'll keep them warm. We'll keep in touch. We'll about that. That's what happens after you've tried to sell them, and it hasn't really worked. So, again. That, 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 that's what we mean by nurturing. There's really hardcore sales campaigns that are designed to get them to buy, and then there's lovely long-term nurture. Now, that's not to say that you do this huge handbrake turn from one into the other. They should glide from one into the other and back again quite quite simply. So like what happens in our business, and we'll talk a bit more about it, but somebody joins our list, they go through our email engine that's designed to sell them stuff because it's got sales campaigns in it of various different descriptions. If they don't buy, which most people who ever buy do, by the way, uh, but if they get to the end of that and they haven't bought, they go into our what we think of as our closest thing to our long-term nurture, which is our day-to-day emails, but they won't particularly notice. They'll just feel like an offer has come to an end and now they're in this nurturing thing. And you know, once every four, five, six, eight weeks, we'll do a, a sales campaign, like sort of live to the list. 
And again, they'll go from what from daily emails into that. But again, they won't really notice the difference. It all feels very samey. It's designed to just feel like one, like email marketing needs to feel like one thing. You're sending emails, they're receiving the emails. What you know is that sometimes they're very strategically created campaigns and sometimes they're just your sort of ongoing newsletter. But you don't want them to be this huge um, difference between the feeling of the two. I think the important thing to say here is when we looked at the data in our, in our business, we found that the people who join our email list, well, think about it. A lot of people join your email list. They join your email list because they've got a problem. They've got something they want to develop. They've got something they want to do. And they want to learn something from you about that thing. So it's no surprise that we found that if someone doesn't buy our thing from us within the first 60 days of being on our email list, the first two months, then their chance of ever buying from us plummets. To like, I think it's less than 5% chance of anybody ever buying from us after the first 60 days. It makes perfect sense because within 60 days, if someone's got a problem, somebody wants to learn how to lose weight, how to train their dog, let's say let's use the dog training exercise, uh, example. If they join your email list on a lead magnet, for a lead magnet about training their dog, within 60 days, either they've bought your thing to fix the problem with their dog, or they've bought somebody else's thing to help them train their dog. That's the only two things that have happened because it's not a non-urgent thing. They want to solve a problem. That's why they're on your email list. So the th so by thinking of it as long-term nurture, I'm going to nurture people for 90 days, 180 days, a year or something, we are, we, those people who are doing that are missing out on the time when their subscribers need to be told about the, about the product, about the service, about your main core thing. So that's why, in case you're not already familiar, I'm going to just quickly run through. When somebody joins our email list, the first thing they go through is this score email engine, which is a bunch of five different email campaigns, each campaign made up of several emails between six and I think 25 is the longest one. Um, and it takes 60 days to go through that. And each phase of that, each campaign is a different phase of the score engine, appeals to a different type of buyer, a different type of subscriber. Your first one appeals to your most urgent buyer who's got the most uh, who's got the most urgent pain, who wants to solve this thing immediately. And that's what we call a sales-led campaign. We say, hey, here's my thing. Then we go to the content-led campaign if they don't buy it for that. And that's where we lead with content. And we do a bit of education, which turns into an offer. It's not content for content's sake. It's content that leads to an offer. So it's not distracting people or adding more overwhelm because nobody needs that, right? Then we go into an objection handling campaign. That's the O of score. Sales, S. C, content. O is objection handling. People, some people can't buy right now because they've got an objection. They don't believe in that. They don't believe it will work for them because then the R of score is risk reversal or risk removal. That's where you're making sure that they don't have as much risk. The reason they can't buy is because they believe the risk of investing is 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 way higher than their ability or their chances that they will be able to get the result, whether they believe it's not very good or it's because they don't believe in themselves. And then finally, it's engagement. E for engagement, the last, last letter of score. E, engagement. Once somebody comes out of all of that and they've been given the best chance to buy, the best opportunity to buy, no matter what's good about this as you, for the, us as the business owners who've all got this installed, this score engine, is... We know everybody who joins our email list, whenever they join, day or night, weekend, weekday, in the summer, in the winter, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're on holiday, you're in the office, you're in a meeting, you're recording podcasts, you're doing content. It doesn't matter. Anybody who's joining your email list is going through sales emails, then content emails, then objection handling emails, then risk reversal emails, then engagement emails. They're going through this thing, getting the best chance to buy. It's only after that 
that we have realized that the only reason they believe that they haven't bought, they haven't invested, they haven't booked your call, they haven't purchased, the only reason is because of the timing. The timing isn't right. And it's only then we're going to go into long-term nurture. It's only then we're going to start actually picking up that last 5% of people. So let's talk about what that actually looks like then. That is your day-to-day email newsletter. And we say day-to-day because it might be daily. It might be three times a week. It might be a bit more random than that. It might be once a week. It's whatever it's going to be. And we've done tons of episodes talking about what we think about frequency with email. In our business, that's daily. So every single day, people receive an email at some point randomly across the course of the day um, from us. And again, the job of those emails is to build this relationship further. That is to nurture the person. But remember the difference. Go back to the oven analogy. The job of that email is to keep them warm. One of the major benefits that daily emails have is, sure, they make sales. We make sales every week from our daily emails, from a combination of the super signature that's in our emails to the links that are in our emails, generally that the proper calls to action. But the other part of it is to keep those people warm until the next time we do a big promotion. So for example, every year in about June currently, we do our online event inbox. And that only happens once a year, so we can only talk about it in the lead up to that event. We can only talk about it for the two weeks before the event begins. But we need to, we do need to do something to truly nurture those people between them joining our list and buying or not buying and inbox coming around. If we just left them to go cold, in other words, we, we didn't put them in the oven, we just left them on the kitchen bench. By the time inbox comes around, they're not paying attention. They've gone off. They don't taste all that great. Uh, it's gone a bit Hannibal now. Um, so we, that is where keeping them warm comes into play. It's popping in and just checking on them every two minutes. Um, that's what we're looking to do with this. That's what nurture actually means, like the real definition of the word nurture. So that's how we apply it to email. Again, they come into our business. They go through our whole email engine. Loads of people buy. Loads of people don't. The ones who do, in fact, whether they do or they don't, they now go into this nurture bit where we send them daily emails and whatnot. And then when when we do have something coming up, like an event, a challenge, a summit, a webinar, something where we want them to take massive action, we've kept them warm. We haven't left them outside to go cold, where suddenly we're going to turn up in their inbox again. They're going to, who? Like, so we've we've got the best of both worlds. We get sales really fast, which is what any business needs to survive. And then we're able to take all of those subscribers and customers and maintain that relationship, keep them warm. So how do we do that? We do that with all the things we talk about. Storytelling, giving them insight into your day-to-day life. People literally, I know it sounds loopy, but people literally want to know what it is that happened to you today. What is it you did yesterday? What was it somebody said to you yesterday? What was some, what was some largely innocuous random thing that happened to you yesterday and what can they learn and benefit from that? In the same way that we start every podcast episode with a little random fact about ourselves, people seem to care and take attention and and, and pay attention to what it is that we're talking about with that stuff. Um, again, this all fixes the timing issue too. So if the reason why somebody didn't buy from you when they were going through that email engine is literally just because the timing is so wildly wrong, um, because they're going through a major change in their life, they are you know, having a baby, getting married, they're doing something where they just can't, or... You know, if we sell email marketing stuff and somebody doesn't want to do email marketing right now or they don't have an email list right now, there's only a certain amount of marketing that can fix that. And if it just won't get it as a high enough priority for them yet, that's fine. They're, we're just going to keep showing up and being there for them, giving them interesting insights and tidbits until it's time for them to buy. And then finally, you're looking for a penny drop moment. Through this podcast, through our Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show, through our daily email newsletter, through everything that we do, 
we're constantly just teaching the same thing from different angles. Obviously, there's lots of things that we teach within the same thing, but there's, we're basically just continually saying the same things over and over again until there's a penny drop moment for each person who goes, oh my God, I suddenly get it. So we've never explained this nurture thing as being a bit like putting your subscribers in the oven just to keep them warm until somebody gets hooked. And we probably never will again, I mean, because it sounds terrifying. <laughs> but it, but there'll be loads of people who listen to this episode and go, oh my God, I suddenly get it now. Because we've explained it that way. Whereas on next week's episode, or the week after, we'll explain something else we've explained before, but we'll explain that with a different analogy or a different story. And somebody else will get that. It just takes the right analogy, the right story, the right metaphor, the right lesson, the right hook for you to suddenly have this penny drop moment and go, oh my God, I suddenly get it now. I'm, I'm fully on board. I totally get it. I know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I can, I now should come and join this membership or I should buy this thing or I should register for this webinar because suddenly I now know that this is for me and it is relevant and it does make sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's got to be relevant. It's got to make sense. And that's the thing. So make sure that uh, you don't make some of the common mistakes that people we see people do with this long-term nurture thing, right? And that is, first of all, seeing it as long-term, right? Seeing it as a thing that... Um, that people uh, that people join your email list and you're going to try and engage them over over the long term. You're not, right? We have to have we have to remember that this nurturing thing happens after we've done our we put our best foot forward and showed people the best opportunity to buy what it is that we do. The next thing we want to do is make sure that in our long term, when we are doing that long term nurture thing to fix the timing issue, as Rob just said, want to make sure that we are mentioning the thing we sell. I'm always amazed at how many people's email newsletters I get who don't, they'll be telling me their updates on what they've been working on. Oh, I'm working on a really exciting thing. They don't tell me what the thing is. They don't tell me how I can, that I can register my interest or indicate my interest. And they don't tell me anything I can go and buy, right? So just make sure you, make sure you have that in. Uh, making sure there is some kind of call to action in every email. Because even if you're not selling something, you want to make sure you're constantly training your email subscribers to click the links in your emails. If you don't, you're training them out of doing that thing, right? And make sure you're not just like randomly send them random links to random stuff. Really, really, really important, okay? Um, and just don't drone on and be boring. But one thing, we've got to just make sure that the whole time with our long-term nurture, we are telling people new, fresh ways of understanding what it is that you're going to do for people. What's the transformation you can give that person? You might have heard our Fab T framework. Features, advantages, benefits, transformation, right? We've got to remember that everyone wants a slightly different nuanced transformation. And until they hear the right words, which fit with the little, uh, with, the, with the gap in their mind that they're trying to fix and trying to fill, that nobody takes action. So the long-term nurture is about showing up so they know that they who you are. So they, when they're hunting around for the person who solves that problem, you're right there at the top of their inbox. And so that they understand from different angles. So at some point, there's that penny drop moment where they go, that's why I get it now. I get it now. And you'll be amazed at how long it takes. We've said things on recent web classes we've been delivering to people who are extremely experienced marketers, very successful, extremely smart. And we, we, we've said, you know, the, the same things that we've been saying for a long time, but we said it in a brand new way which we were really pleased with. And then we were even more pleased with when this person messaged us to say, oh my God, you've been saying this for years and it's only when you said it in this particular way that it clicked exactly how we're going to do it and how it fixes a huge problem we've been having for years in our business. And that is an amazing moment to have validation that it is about showing up 
uh, with the same message in different ways. That's what you get to do in this. Connect with people in new in new ways. So think of uh, think about your your nurturing is literally what happens to keep on top of people's minds and say new and say the same things in new ways after and only after we've um, we've said uh, we've given people the best opportunity to buy through our main score email engine. Uh, yeah. So there we go. There we go. Awesome. Any final thoughts or any wrap-up words, Rob? No, I just think this is a really interesting and important conversation. And it's a huge game-changing distinction between how most people, lots of people, do email marketing versus how sales-driven email marketing is done. Like sales-intensified, optimized uh, email marketing needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get into this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. What have you got, Rob? This one is sneak a peek in brackets at the slides. And it was a webinar we had coming up. We love to do this in any sort of webinar um, type campaign is to sort of grab a screenshot or a photograph of an interesting slide from the presentation, throw it into an email, and then just lead with that in the subject line. Hey, listen, I'll have a little sneaky peek at what what I'm working on. People love to look at that stuff. I thought you'd put like a new play park in your back garden. There's a picture of you next to the slides. Just next to the swings. (laughs) Sneak peek at the swings. Doesn't have the same... That's a very different connotation, to be honest. At the swings. All right, that's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please, we would love it. We're collecting uh, reviews of the show over on Apple Podcasts. So if you've not yet, or you're not sure if you have, uh, made a review, left a review. It takes like two minutes, maybe less, 30 seconds, to leave a review of the show over on Apple Podcasts. It would be great to read your thoughts. It helps Apple see that we're doing a good job here and spread the word about the show. And uh, yeah, it would be really good. So just head over to Apple Podcasts Apple Podcast, and leave us a review. That would be absolutely lovely of you. We'll see you next week. We'll do it all again with a brand new episode of the Email Marketing Show. Goodbye. <laughs>